This is an open offer to the unsaved. It must be understood that this offer, as in all offers, is available for a limited time. This offer is real and will surely seem too good to be true, but I assure you it is true. As in any offer, one gives and one gets. But the price you pay to participate in this offer is of a very unusual nature. I must insert here that when one is born again, born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God, an amazing death-to-life process begins, a process known in God's Word as mortification. Here, the new creature, you, for example, dies and continues to die to the hurtful lust and vices of this fallen world and comes alive unto Christ, and it all begins in a moment. Carnal things you once loved, you will begin to hate. Spiritual things you once hated, you will begin to love. When you purchase a product, you take a moment to consider what you'll get for what you'll be required to give. The product being offered up for your consideration today is the miracle of the born-again experience. John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is what you get in born again. Forgiveness of all your sins. Your record will be totally expunged. All of your shame will be washed away. A new heavenly father. Your new name will be recorded in the Lamb's book of life. Baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. Angels to encamp about you. All of Satan's bondage is broken a life full of joy and eternal purpose, all of God's promises in his book, direct communication to God's ear, marvelous everlasting life in Christ Jesus. This is only a very short list of what you get. To purchase salvation, this is what you must give, and please note, God will give you the power to give these things up. All of your hatred and bitterness, all of your carnal fear, all of the vices that bind you, such as alcohol and drugs, all sexual activity outside of the matrimonial bed. You will sacrifice your will to God's will. Jesus Christ will become your Savior and Lord of your entire life, and that means all of it. I mentioned earlier that the price you would pay to participate in this offer would be of an unusual nature. As in the sacrifices of old, God required for himself those parts of the sacrifice burnt upon the altar that were not good for human consumption, the fat, the blood, the call above the liver, and other harmful things. In the new covenant, we are called a living sacrifice, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. And God requires of us in our sacrifice those things that harm the born-again soul. In a moment... I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. As you follow me with your heart, everything will change for you. You will become a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Today, you can participate in an offer like no other. Here comes the prompt I promised. Are you ready? Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, 4 and 5. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, 
and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God said, Jude, chapter 1, 6 and 7, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. God said, Luke chapter twenty, thirty-five and 36, But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God being the children of the resurrection. Man said, The outrageous claims in that Bible, fallen sons of God, the daughters of men, giants, Noah's Ark, are all absurd. Anyone with a modicum of sense knows that. Now the record. When God says yes, no matter how fantastical the claims, the devil's champions of no will not stand. Truth gives no quarter. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1063 that will once again certify the supernatural bona fides of God's majority text Holy Bible. All of these glorious features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the redeemed and as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you and your circumstances. Microbiologists specifically those in the fields of genetics and paleontology, are again shaking Darwin's tree. It was microbiology, for instance, that relatively recently discovered that every human alive today traces roots back to the same common mother and the very same father. These common parents were dubbed MTDNA Eve and Y-chromosome Adam. The evolutionist's original position was that there was certainly no Adam and Eve, as humanity evolved in sundry places around the earth. The new discoveries in science, that there was in fact an Adam and Eve, should have created a host of red faces, but they did not. The evolutionists simply adjusted their unbelief and soldiered on. The latest discoveries are once again knocking at Darwin's door, this time regarding a mysterious species that mated with humans. In this feature, you will note that giants and a ghost species move in tandem, just as in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. God Said, Man Said has published multiple features on this subject. Foundational information from previous God Said, Man Said features follow before we discuss the latest discovery. God Said, Man Said, the world's giants keep raising their heads. The world's wise have scoffed at the Bible's insistence that giants, 
Even entire tribes of giants once roamed the earth. The scriptures reference giants nearly 200 times. The secular history supports such fantastical claims. Is there a very clear and credible record? The simple answer is, of course there is, leaving one to question why the academic elite neglect to draw attention to such interesting material. Could it be that giants played a deadly and pivotal role in God's judgment on the earth in the form of a devastating global flood in the days of Noah? Do keep in mind that part of academia's reluctance stems from this simple fact. If there was truly a global flood just under 4,400 years ago, then evolution's foundational doctrine of uniformitarianism is destroyed, and their billions of years only exist in the imaginations of the ungodly, which, by the way, is the case. Or could it be that the existence of giants in history adds credibility to pseudoscience's archenemy, the Holy Bible? Do the spellbinding biblical stories of Og, the king of the giants, and of David and Goliath suddenly become real historic issues? Or could it be that the Genesis account of the fallen sons of God is causing serious problems for the academics, like the very certifiable existence of God, angels, and devils? Why are giants conspicuously absent from academia's commentary? You can be sure the answer is all of the above. Where did these giants come from? An unholy alliance recorded in Genesis 6 took place between the fallen sons of God who took unto themselves daughters of men, and the outcome of their unholy union was giants and men of renown. Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language defines renown, fame, celebrity, exalted reputation derived from extensive praise of great achievements or accomplishments, end of quote. Ancient mythology speaks of the demagogues of old, who were half divine and half human, possessing noteworthy skills, one of the most famous of these demagogues who comes to mind is Hercules. Webster defines demagogues, half a god, one partaking of the divine nature, a fabulous hero produced by the cohabitation of a deity with a mortal. Prior to the global flood, the Bible describes a situation that earned the word demagogue its definition. The giants, the entire human population of the earth, along with everything that had the breath of life in its nostrils, were destroyed by the global flood. Only that which was on Noah's ark was exempt. The fallen sons of God, on the other hand, those who cohabitated with women, would not have been destroyed by the flood. These fallen ones were not mortals. Jude chapter 1, 6 and 7 appears to refer to these fallen sons of God. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. These fallen ones participate in the same spirit as those of Sodom and Gomorrah, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. 
In spite of the above, giants reappear after the flood. The Bible teaches that Noah was perfect in his generations. No devil activity. Genesis 6, 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Was there a genetic link to these giants hiding in Noah's wife or his daughters-in-law? Equally perplexing, did a group of the sons of God fall again after the flood? As far as I know, the scriptures are silent on this matter, but I'll keep my eyes peeled. Nevertheless, giants arise again after the flood. Note, the word Nephilim was popularized by the minority text New International Version of the Bible, and Nephilim means giants. It is correctly rendered from Hebrew to English in the majority text authorized King James Version of the Bible as giants. Nephilim are simply giants. Excerpts from God Said, Man Said features follow that will certify the perfect reliability of the Bible's record regarding giants. From the God Said, Man Said feature, Giants 2. Confessing Christians have been busy running from the Word of God and dodging biblical truths such as the 6,000-plus-year-old earth, fire-breathing dragons, fiery flying serpents, the reptilian sea monster Leviathan, the dinosaur behemoth, the walls of Jericho, the missing day, the virgin birth, the resurrection, Christ's ascension, his returning, and on and on. It's an insult to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there were giants in those days. When discussing giants of old and people of enormous height, many people today lump these two together, referring to such terms as gigantism or acromegaly, a rare disorder of the pituitary gland which causes abnormal size. But the giants of the scriptures were not rare genetic flukes. There were entire populations of giants. The scriptures refer to giants nearly 200 times. If the word of God makes mention of giants so many times, then there should be empirical proof that they did once exist. And of course there is. In Deuteronomy chapter 3.13, Moses speaks concerning the dividing of part of conquered Canaan among the Israelites. It reads, And the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. It was the land of the giants. Deuteronomy 3, verse 11 reads, For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Raboth of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it after the cubit of a man. Perhaps the first museum was in Raboth of the children of Ammon, where Og's bed remained. If you use the 18-inch cubit, his bed would be 13 and a half feet long and 6 feet wide, or based on the 22-inch cubit, 16 and a half feet long and 7 feet 4 inches wide. Give him a foot for head and toe clearance, and you have a giant of 12 and a half to 15 and a half feet tall. It is reported that German scholar Gustav Dahlmann discovered the bed of the giant king just where God said it set. Does history know something about giants? Flavius Josephus, one of the greatest historians of all time, writes the following in chapter 5 of the Antiquities of the Jews. For which reason they removed their camp to Hebron, 
And when they had taken it, they slew all the inhabitants. There were till then left the race of giants who had bodies so large and countenances so entirely different from other men that they were surprising to the sight and terrible to the hearing. The bones of these men are still shown to this very day, unlike to any credible relations of other men, end of quote. According to the research collected by Deloche, author of the book Giants, we find the following. Pliny mentions that in the reign of Claudius, A.D. 41 to 54, a nine-foot, nine-inch giant named Gabarus was brought to Rome from Arabia. Claudius placed him at the head of the famed Atutrix Legion. The giant so awed his troops that some worshipped him as a god. And again, during his principate, Caesar Augustus, 27 B.C. to A.D. 14, assigned two giants who towered over 10 feet tall to lead the Roman armies into battle. On account of this remarkable height, writes Pliny, the bodies of the two, uh, two giants uh, were preserved in the tomb of Sallus Gardens. Their names were Pusio and Secundula, end of quote. Finally, from Deloche, the following excerpt. In 1970, some huge fossilized footprints that he found in Australia's outback so intrigued Dr. Rex Gilroy, director of the Mount York Natural History Museum at Mount Victoria, that he began excavations in that area. Over the years, he gathered enough evidence to convince himself that a race of giants once dwelled there. He also uncovered some giant molars and other fossilized footprints that measured up to 30 inches in length. The implications are, he wrote in an article detailing his archaeological finds, that men of 12 to 20 feet in height once roamed this continent. Marzulli, in his book On the Trail of the Nephilim, lists numerous newspaper reports concerning discovery of giants in the Western Hemisphere. A few of the many headlines and excerpts follow. New York Tribune, February 3, 1909. Skeleton, 15 feet high, unearthed in Mexico. Scientific American, August 14, 1880, page 106. Ancient American Giants. The Vancouver Sun, August 18, 1922, page 9. Primitive man, 10 feet tall, is unearthed, Mexico City. Anaconda Standard, April 29, 1890, page 3. The Pony Express says that one day last week, carpenters on the Isdale Irrigating Ditch unearthed a skeleton of mammoth proportions. By actual measurements, it was 13 feet and 2 inches in length. The Times Dispatch, February 11, 1907, page 8, Giant's Tooth. This discovery recalls that six months ago, the skeleton of a giant was discovered in a cave near Bristol by workmen who were opening a stone quarry. The bones showed their former possessor to have been fully 10 feet in height. E.C. Huffaker, formerly of the Smithsonian Institution, expressed the opinion that this skeleton was that of a prehistoric giant, end of quote. Native North Americans believe that a race of giants once inhabited their land. This includes the Pawnee, Sioux, Chippewa, Sandusky, Tawa, Iroquois, Cherokee, Choctaw, and Hopi tribes, excuse me, along with many other. Famous explorers like Magellan, Sir Francis Drake, and Commodore Byron all describe encounters with giants of enormous heights. According to the book Unearthing the Lost World of the Cloud Eaters by Quail and Horn, one of Magellan's men reported 
This man was so tall that our heads scarcely came up to his waist, and his voice was like that of a bull. There were giants, though, right? And a ghost species, the offspring of the fallen sons of God who mated with the daughters of men, just like God's Word declares. Microbiologists and paleontologists are encountering this strange phenomenon on a regular basis, and they are puzzled. As you should suspect, the children of faith are not. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Sons of God and the Ghost Species. Scientists are perplexed at what they are discovering. Several recent headlines follow. July 25, 2017, nzherald.com. Ancient humans had sex with non-humans. July 7, 2017, iflscience.com. This tooth once belonged to a member of a mysterious species of humans that we know almost nothing about. July 21, 2017, buffalo.edu. In saliva clues uh, to a ghost species of ancient humans. July 24, 2017, foxnews.com. Scientists find possible clue to ancient ghost species of humans. July 2013, nationalgeographic.com. The case of the missing ancestor subhead. DNA from a cave in Russia as a mysterious new member to the human family. God destroys the earth and its corrupt inhabitants in the global flood of Noah. But it certainly appears the DNA of the fallen sons of God in Genesis 6 was passed on, not only in the fact of many giants existing after the flood, but now also in the discovery of a mysterious human ghost ancestry. The ages reported in the excerpts that follow are built upon evolution's foundational theory of uniformitarianism and therefore incorrect, but the relevance of the discoveries are real. July 25, 2017, feature of the Herald.com. Ancient humans has sex with non-humans. Excerpts follow. New research shows that ancient humans had sex with non-human species. According to a study conducted by Omer Gockelman, an assistant professor of biological sciences at the University of Buffalo, ancient humans had intercourse with a ghost species of proto-humans. Gokuman found widely different genes in DNA of humans living in sub-Sahara Africa. He believes these genes can be traced back to about 150,000 years ago when ancient humans were breeding with this mysterious ghost species. This other species is referred to by the scientific community as a ghost species as there are no, no known fossils that can be analyzed. God said, man said, note. The fallen angels in Jude 1, verse 6, are presently imprisoned in everlasting chains under darkness. But a geneticist should find a genetic root of their offspring, and they do. Again, Gokuman states, Based on our analysis, the most plausible explanation for this extreme variation in archaic introgression, the introduction of genetic material from a ghost species of ancient hominids, end of quote. March 2017, ScienceMagazine.org reports ancient skulls may belong to elusive humans called Denisovans. Excerpts follow. Wu, a paleontologist and co-author of a paper published by Science, thinks those fossils and the new skulls 
or a kind of unknown or new archaic human that survived on in East Asia to 100,000 years ago. Based on similarities to some other Asian fossils, she and her colleagues think the new crania represent a regional member of a population in Eastern Asia who passed local traits down through the generations and what the researchers call regional continuity. At the same time, resemblances to both Neanderthals and modern humans suggest that these archaic Asians mixed at least at low levels with other archaic people. But Wu and Trinkus, a paleontologist and co-author, say they can't put fossils in a group defined only by DNA. I have no idea what a Denisovan is, Trinkus says, neither does anybody else. It's a DNA sequence, end of quote. The following is from the July 2013 NationalGeographic.com feature, The Case of the Missing Ancestor. The year before, two other fossils had been found to contain DNA similar to that of the finger bone, both of them molars. The first tooth had turned up among the specimens from Denisova housed at Derevanko's Institute in Novosibirsk. It was bigger than either a modern human or Neanderthal tooth, in size and shape resembling the teeth of much more primitive members of the genus Homo, who lived in Africa millions of years ago. The second molar had been found in 2010 in the same cave chamber that had yielded the finger bone, indeed near the bottom of the same 30,000 to 50,000-year-old deposits called layer 11. Remarkably, that tooth was even bigger than the first, with a chewing surface twice that of a typical human molar. It was so large that Max Planck paleoanthropologist Ben Spiola mistook it for a cave, uh, cave bear tooth. Only when its DNA was tested was it confirmed to be human, specifically Denisovan, as the scientist had taken to calling the new ancestors. It shows you how weird these guys are, Viola told me at the symposium. At least their teeth are just very strange. End of quote. From the God Said, Man Said feature, The Ghost Species and Genesis 6, the story continues. Here we go again. The February 12, 2020 headline from NPR.org reads, Ghost DNA and West Africans Complicate Story of Human Origins. Several excerpts follow. About 50,000 years ago, ancient humans in what is now West Africa apparently procreated with another group of ancient humans that scientists didn't know existed. There aren't any bones or ancient DNA to prove it, but researchers say the evidence is in the genes of modern West Africans. They analyzed genetic material from hundreds of people from Nigeria and Sierra Leone and found signals of what they call ghost DNA from an unknown ancestor. The unusual DNA found in West Africa isn't associated with either Neanderthals or Denisovans. Serum Sakurama, computational biologist at UCLA, and his study co-author, Aaron Devasula, think it comes from a yet-to-be-discovered group. We don't have a clear identity for this archaic group, Sankaraman says. That's why we use the term ghost. So what happened to this mysterious group of ancient humans? Scientists aren't totally sure, end of quotes. The fallen sons of God continue to speak through the ghost species. The June 30, 2021 headline of CNET.com reads, 
Dragon Man Skull dumbfounds, digs up doubt about human evolution. Excerpts follow. One of the key pieces to the puzzle of our long narrative arc as a human species may have been hiding at the bottom of a well in China for almost a century. But now the nearly intact ancient skull of what could be our closest extinct relative nicknamed Dragon Man is very much in the public eye as an object of intense scientific fascination and debate. The Harbin fossil is one of the most complete human cranial fossils in the world, says Quang Ji, a professor of paleontology of Hebei Geo University and author of a study on the skull in a statement, this fossil preserved many details that are critical for understanding the evolution of the homo genus and the origin of homo sapiens. The Harbin cranium is the true big box of skulls for the homo genus. It's a massive dome with room for a modern human brain, but with bigger and somewhat squared-off eye sockets, imposing brow, a wide mouth, and a plus-sized teeth. Scientists, including G, believe the skull, thought to have come from a male who lived to be about 50 years old, is a specimen of a previously unrecognized human species dubbed Homo longi, or Dragon Man. The name Dragon Man comes from the location of the skull's discovery, the Black Dragon River region of China. Harbin is better understood as a Denisovan, a paleoanthropologist, Karen Babe, who was not uh, involved with the research, told the New York Times that Denisovans were an archaic human species that's thought to have roamed roughly the same area during the same period. But scientists based their knowledge of these extinct people on some DNA, and very few remains, certainly nothing as substantial as the Dragon Man's skull. So it might be, as Babe and others think, that the skull of Dragon Man is really the first glimpse we're getting of a Denisovan profile, end of quote. June 29, 2021 headline from cbsnews.com reads, Massive Dragon Man skull found in China might be a human evolutionary branch. Several paragraphs follow. One of the most remarkable aspects of the Harbin cranium is its massive size, which at nine inches long and more than six inches wide is significantly larger than the modern human skull. It differs from all the other named Homo species, researchers wrote, noting that it has a mix of ancient and modern features, like a gently curved but massively developed brow ridge and low flat cheekbones with shallow depressions beneath them. And compared to today's uh, more modern round skull, research, researchers said the Harbin cranium was long and low. The subhead of the feature reads, a gigantic fossilized skull that was hidden in a well in China for 90 years has just been discovered by scientists and is making them rethink human evolution. AncientOrigins.net headlined, Dragon Man skull found in China may be another new human species. They reported this on June 25, 2021. Excerpts follow. The skull was intact and was most notable for its extraordinarily large size. The skull's combination of features had never been seen before, the scientists claim, and seems to represent some type of hybrid between archaic humans and modern humans. The discovery of the Harbin cranium and our analysis suggests that there is a third lineage of archaic human that once lived in Asia 
and this lineage has a closer relationship with H. sapiens than the Neanderthals, said Zhu Ni, a Hebei Geo University paleoanthropologist and co-author of this new study. Based on its huge head, the team have named their new species Homo longi, which means dragon man in Chinese. The standout characteristic of the skull is its size. It is the largest hominin skull ever discovered. This is the biggest human, call, uh, human skull I've seen, and I've seen a few, said Chris Stringer, a paleoanthropologist from London's Natural History Museum and human evolution expert who participated in this research project. In comparison to a modern human cranium, there are similarities and differences. The Harbin skull has thick brow ridges and square eye sockets like an archaic man. The cranium is also longer than that of Homo sapiens. But overall, the shape and contours of its face resemble that of an impossibly large human being. The skull's brain captivity, a cavity excuse me, is also similar in size to that of a modern human. It's got such an interesting combination of features, Stringer noted. The uh, morphology shows that this is definitely a distinct lineage in Eastern Asia. It's not Neanderthal, and it's not Homo sapiens. It's something quite distinct. With this information as a baseline, they programmed a supercomputer to construct billions of theoretical evolutionary trees. When the results were in, the researchers were quite surprised to find that the computer had placed the Harbin skull on its own separate evolutionary branch. It had identified the skull as belonging to a whole new hominin species, a type of archaic man that was closely related to Homo sapiens, but not identical to anything else. I was, I was surprised to see this, Stringer said. He had anticipated that the skull would be labeled as an offshoot of the Neanderthals, not as a close relative of modern humans. Surprisingly, study participant Chris Stringer also doubts that his team has discovered a new and distinct species of ancient man. He knows some intriguing similarities between the Harbin cranium and the Dali skull, a 250,000-year-old fossilized cranium discovered in China's Shanks province. At present, Stringer believes these two skulls should be grouped together and labeled as a different species known as Homoidalensis. One of the more fascinating suggestions is that the Harbin skull may actually belong to the mysterious Denisovans. This ancient hominid species was well established in Asia during the Middle uh, Pleistocene. The Denisovans were closely related to the Neanderthals and are known to have interbred with Homo sapiens, modern humans carrying traces of Denisovan DNA. Only a few Denisovan fossils have been found, none of which were intact craniums but one recovered Denisovan jawbone had very large teeth, just like the Harbin skull. Is this a clue that the Harbin skull may be giving scientists their first ever look at the true face of the Denisovans? As of now, that is not the official conclusion. But as the number of fossilized remains recovered in China increases, new relationships between archaic human species may be observed, and theories may change dramatically as a result. End of quotes. To recap, there were fallen sons of God who took themselves the daughters of men. There were giants and men of renown. There were descendants and thus a ghost species shouting yes to Genesis chapter 6. After reading the reports above, one would rightfully wonder 
why not a single report invoke the dreaded word giant or fallen sons of God? Those who presume to be our teachers and are schooling our children are obviously lacking schooling themselves, as in Sunday schooling. The puzzlement gives way to clear absolute yes when your childlike faith in God's word is exercised. Be of good cheer, saints. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said Genesis 6, 1 and 2, 4 and 5. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became a mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God said, Jude chapter 1, 6 and 7, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. God said, Luke chapter twenty, thirty-five and 36, For they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God being the children of the resurrection. Man said, the outrageous claims in that Bible, fallen sons of God, the daughters of men, giants, Noah's Ark, are all absurd. Anyone with a modicum of sense knows that. Now you have the record.